I um, have uh, been trying to uh, articulate on one, one side of the equation, articulate what I feel like the Lord's been doing uh, with us, primarily with me. And um, the, the best way I know how to describe what's going on is it feels like I'm in animated suspension. Um, and uh, so you say, Jeff, what does that look like? It looks like that the plan that I had, you know, praying into Sunday, the message, the direction, all of that, um, gets changed. And which um, sounds fun. But it's really, it's really, I think I use the term scary. It's scary. And, um, and so what, what happens is, is I'm in this uh, teeter-totter sort of position where I can go, I can tilt and go to what I'm comfortable with and know what I've already got planned and you'll never know it. And, uh, and that would work, but yet there's something in here where I feel, uh, it's the best way I know how to, 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 to describe it, the Holy Spirit reaching over here. And um, <clears throat> you say, well, Jeff, that doesn't even, you know, theologically make any sense. Good, I'm in the right spot, I'm in the right place. Um, but, but, but that's what it is. And so, so I was, I, was um, uh, I walked in today, kind of knew where, where I was going until uh, first service, the worship started, and then I get this download of where I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to go. And so, so I, the thing that, that, I'm, uh, that I'm, I'm wanting us to pay attention to constantly, and that is this, uh, the, the Lord is moving in our, is moving in our midst. And uh, you say, well, Jeff, of course he is, because he's, you know, omnipresent. I say, yeah, th- there's more of a, there's more of a, Omni type of thing that's happening in that, you know, I told you all about, and I, I told the first service this, if, I give you all permission. You all have permission. If you hear me, maybe I better careful, be careful with this. <laughs> if you hear me apologize about a testimony because I've said it more than once, the permission to say something to me. I was going to say, you have permission to slap me. I'll just say something. We're good. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that, that I, so I, the reason I'm, I'm setting this up because I've got more testimonies. So, you know, the thing that, again, with uh, Karen, you know, with your, with your ear, it's just bizarre. So as I tell, oh, Laura, I say Laura. Maybe it's my ear. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, Someone gets their, their, their ear healed and they go home and uh, f- figured out, oh, wow, my ear just popped open. So she calls her sister in Illinois. Her sister in Illinois is listening to her and saying, hey, why are you yelling at me? She's like, oh, I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking at the normal, my normal tone of voice. And the sister realized, oh, my ear just got healed. So now they're going back and forth, all giddy, being sisters, going, oh my goodness, our ears just got healed. And one of the, the sisters says, oh no, mom's got a doctor's appointment that she's supposed to be at. at a, I'm late. I've got to let you go. Click. 
and hangs up. And then they go, she goes to pick up mom. Well, mom's standing outside with both of her hearing aids, holding both of her hearing aids going, hey, I don't know what's going on, but I can hear. Yeah. So we just heard of someone in our midst whose daughter-in-law uh, lives in another state. And um, the daughter-in-law Make sure I uh, uh, tell this right. The daughter-in-law is, uh, is one of a first generation, a firstborn for the past six generations. And the firstborn of the past six, six generations have all come down with cancer. And it's a certain specific type. And so before they even knew about this, <clears throat> her mom said, yeah, you know, you're at this certain age, you might want to go get checked out. So she did, sure enough, it came back positive. So <clears throat> the in-laws are here and they're coming, they're attending the Wednesday night classes that, that Becky and Christine are teaching on the courts of heaven. And, uh, and so the in-laws are watching this and standing in the place for their daughter-in-law, obviously, and so I think they mailed her a book and, and they're, they're actually video recording the, the, the prayers at the end of it because the, the, the daughter-in-law has no way, no access, no way to get access to this. So they're playing it for her. Well, uh, the day came where they, she had to, because the surgery she was going to have was in Cleveland, Ohio. So she flies to Cleveland, Ohio to meet with the specialist at this special hospital. The special surgeon is going to do this special, all this special stuff. And uh, when, when she arrives, they, they, did the, they did the test, they did all the, all the blood work, that, all that thing. All that to say, it came back completely negative. And so, yeah. So, yeah, so we're like, huh. And ironically, it happened when they're watching the courts of heaven thing, as did yours with the ear during the courts of heaven thing. So uh, anyway, so it's like the Lord is you know, beginning to, to, to move in our midst and he's breaking off bondages and all of a sudden the things that we read about in scripture are actually happening in modern day, right where we live. And we're like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands. What do we do? And so uh, I was saving this, but I think I'll come back around to it. I was saving this for the very end. I want to go ahead and I want to drip feed this into your spirit right now. I believe this morning that the Lord is asking something from you. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of the most precious things that you own. One of the most precious things that you own. You know what it is? Hope. I feel like he's saying, would you put your hope, would you trust me? That's what Brett's word was. Would you trust me? Because it's really hard to trust, especially in the face of defeat or with all the past, with all that's really hard to, to come back to that tender place of reaching out like a child again and trying to trust again because disappointment is looming 
oh, disappointment is so, the, the voice of disappointment is so, so big. It's almost like, God, this is so unfair that you would plant a seed of hope in such an atmosphere of disappointment and ask us to trust you. Seems almost unfair. And yet, there's a place where we have to trust he knows what he's doing. So I just wanted, this, like I said, it's a drip feed. That's not the hard ask. That was a, just a drip feed. So I, the message that I want to speak to you today was downloaded during worship. And I want to, it's from Isaiah 55. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 55. So Lord, I, I ask that today that there'd be a special grace, special grace. But Lord, a grace that goes beyond our human ability, my ability to speak, our ability to uh, maybe capture and retain. I'm just gonna ask that by your Holy Spirit that you deposit this into the recesses, the soil of our heart, that you would do a Jehovah's sneaky on us. That we would get everything that's going to be said today. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 55, verse 1 says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourself in abundance. Verse three, incline your ear. To incline your ear means you have to change your position. You have to have to lean in. He's saying, lean in and listen to me. Come to me, listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. That's a value statement. The Lord is actually, he's putting something together and he's actually holding up a measurement before you. And he's saying, as I was faithful to David, Amidst all of the good and all of the bad, I am saying, I am making a covenant with you. I am going to be faithful to you. I'm going to make a covenant with you. The thing that I want to share also is, is that I'm going to come back around. Somebody's going to remind me. The, you are on a collision course and you don't realize it. You are on a collision course with faithfulness. It's going to mess you up when you see it because his faithfulness does not work according to your math. Let me tell you how your math works, our math. If I will, if I don't, then he won't. But if I do, then he will. That's a math equation. We were brought up in the church 
And there, you know what? There's a lot of truth to it. There's a lot of truth to it. But I'm telling you with faithfulness, it says in scripture that he is faithful even when you are faithless. That means on the math side, it's zero plus zero equals him. Wow. When you get this, when you have this collision course with his faithfulness, it is going to wreck you wreck you because you're going to have no place to put it. I don't know where to put his faithfulness. I don't know where to put when he shows up and I've done nothing. I don't, and all this stuff's going to happen. It's a glorious day. It's going to be a glorious day. But for some of you, you've done everything. You have wrung that thing almost dry of all the things that you can do and you're still coming up, no results. If that's you, let me tell you, you are on a collision course with his faithfulness. It's just who he is. So, the thing I want to say in Isaiah 55, everyone who thirsts, everyone who is hungry, you who have no money, Come and buy, come and buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Come and buy. There's this invitation. And what I want to say is, is that the currency of the kingdom is hunger. That's why you get to buy. That's why he's coming. Because how do we buy if we have no money? What currency do we use? There's no currency. I don't even know what currency. You don't have any. There's no money. You come with hunger. Come with hunger. I will trade on hunger. That's what the Lord is saying. I trade on hunger. Hunger moves me. So, one of the things I realized, one of the interesting basic facts about hunger is, is that you reach for what you're hungry for. We reach for what we're hungry for. And the best I can describe what's going on right now in my heart, in this church, is that church, we are reaching for what we're hungry for. And you know what we're hungry for? The presence of God. That's what we're hungry for. That's the thing that keeps stretching us and causing us to do things, to step outside of the lines Outside of the boundaries, it's this whole thing of reaching. I, 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 I've told the, uh, the, <clears throat> the worship teams, you know, said, guys, you know, this is wrong terminology, but, but the magic happens when you reach. In other words, what I mean is, is you can go through the, the rehearsing the song and, and playing it according to as it's written, word for word, note for note. But there's something when you run out of things to say and almost you run out of things to play and you don't know what to do and you reach. And that's when, the, the, that's, what, that's when we feel the Holy Spirit begin to move is when we reach. Same thing. It's when you reach, when you reach for him, when you do something different, when you do something out of the ordinary, when you begin to reach, that's what he answers. So I was thinking about 
that there are three instances in scripture where people got out of the box, so to speak, and reached for him and they got him. The first one is the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15. says in Matthew 15, verse 21, Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon and a Canaanite woman from that region out of the, uh, came out and began to cry out saying, uh, have, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. But he did not answer her a word. His disciples, she kept going. His disciples implored him saying, please send her away because she keeps shouting at us. She's bothering me. She's reaching. Like, I was, I was trying to relive this. I was thinking, if that were me, like if someone ignores me, I would just, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And I'll just back away. There was something in this woman where she's like, she's reaching. The thing about it is she's a Canaanite woman. So she's not even, this, she's, she's not even operating according to the religious rules, which we find out here in just a second. She keeps on. Finally, Jesus turns to her and says, Baby, I'm not sent to your type. I'm only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Which again, I would have gone, oh, okay, my bad. I'm so sorry. And walked away. But it says, but she came and began to bow down before him. The response that this lady gave her response, the bowing down before me is before him is worship. She began to worship. So I began to think about what does that look like? She starts singing a song. Kumbaya, my Lord. No. There's another time where that, that, that thing about worship popped up. It's in Matthew 4. When the devil was uh, uh, tempting Jesus. He says, hey, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, I will give all of this glory, all of these kingdoms to you if you will bow down and worship. What's he talking about? Kumbaya. No. You know what he's looking for? If you will place your trust of your life, the devil's saying, in my hands. That's what worship is. The Syrophoenician woman, he turned her away. It seemed like she bows down and basically says, I am turning over and placing the trust of my daughter's life in your hands. This is who you say you are. And then he says, but it's not right for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And she responds, but even the dogs get crumbs. I'm asking for a crumb. It's the reach. It's the reach. She went beyond the rules. She reached for him. And he said, oh, woman, because of that answer, go your way. Your daughter's healed. 
The second woman is the woman with the issue of blood. So she's been bleeding for 12 years. According to the, the law, someone who has an issue of blood, they can't even touch any, they can't touch people because you'll make them unclean. So she's got this dilemma. How do I get healed if he won't touch me? How can I, because I'm going to infect him. How, how, how can Jesus touch me? She pressed through the crowd and somehow she thought, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch that, I'll be healed. And she reached out, it's the reach, and touched his hem. And he went, boom, who just touched me? And his disciples were like, what? Are you like off of your rocker? There's thousands of people here. What do you mean? Who touched me? He goes, no, 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 no. Someone reached and touched me because I felt the power leave. It's in the reach. The last one, and there's more. The last one I want to talk about is Mary. When she breaks open the alabaster box, she breaks open this, she breaks open her inheritance. She takes her inheritance and goes, and opens this thing up. It's worth a year, a year's wages. So who wants to put a number on that one? Let's just, let's, let's pick a low number. Let's say it's worth $15,000. I have never seen a bottle of perfume that costs $15,000. But she did it, bam, the only thing she had. And poured it all over him. And his disciples, the, the, the disciples were indignant. The religious leaders, the church leaders, the future church leaders going, what are you kidding? What have you done? And Jesus went, whoa, don't you touch this. Don't you touch what she's done is between me and her. And that response, I love. The response that she's responding to me is, it might look ridiculous to you, but to me, this is holy. Do not touch it. Your response to him, however awkward it is, it is holy to him. It's what I've said several times. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns everything. He made the universe. He owns everything. The one thing he does not have is your response until you give it to him. So she reaches out. She does something stupid. And he says, wherever the gospel is preached, this story is going to go all over the, wherever it's preached. That's how, that's how special it is to me. That's how holy this is to me. So this phase or this place that we find ourselves in where we're, we're doing church and yet the Holy Spirit is moving and it's almost like the Holy Spirit is beckoning, beckoning us to step outside, I say this very gingerly, almost Think differently in the way that you do church. Say, like, uh, I don't even know what that means. But that's what it feels like. Because I'm going to tell you, the way that we do church, the way we do church, I'm comfortable. What you're asking me to do is to step outside of my comfort zone. Oh, that's me shivering. <laughs> you're asking me to step outside of my comfort zone. Like, oh, uh, is that God? You better know it is. 
The other thing, I don't think I mentioned this. We've had four people who had serious digestive issues. I didn't mention this, did I? Serious. So no dairy. I just had met with a guy. He said, Jeff, you got to understand, no dairy, no wheat, no... Yeah, but it was something else. Anyway, he said, I, I, I would severe, severe food allergies. And he says, I got healed. He said, this is such a big deal. I had my first whole pizza last week. <laughs> Nothing happened. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so we've had four. One of them was Danielle, who works on staff. She had severe food allergy to dairy. She could not eat dairy. would break out in, in, I don't know if it was highs, but she would itch really bad. And anyway, while we were in Toronto, Carol Arnett just kind of calls out anybody with food allergies. And Danielle reached. (gasps) I don't know if this applies to me, but I'm going to take it. She reached. And then... The drum roll of all drum rolls, she had to go and test it out. And so she did, and she was like, oh my goodness, I, I can totally eat. So now she is eating dairy. She is eating all the stuff she wanted to eat, ice cream and all that fun stuff. So anyway. So the point of what I'm sharing is that not just me, but I think we, we've, we have been ruined by his touch. We've been ruined by him. And the thing that we are reaching for is his presence. If you get his presence, you get everything. Read Psalm 91. I didn't have enough time. Read Psalm 91. Read it slow. And so that's what I'm aiming at. I, um, I, wanted to, I want to say this because um, <clears throat> I wonder, I think it's probably a lot of us, came to church this morning thinking, oh, wish I had a word. Wish I, I wish I had a word from the Lord. Wish I had a prophetic word that would apply to me. Lord, I'm needing direction. I'm needing peace. I'm needing to understand what you're doing with my life. I need some reassurance. I need, and I want to read, I think I've got your word, if that's you. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. I just tell you, for some of us, the enemy has been working overtime trying to get you to buy in that what the Lord has set before you is a day of calamity in your life. That that situation with that family member or that situation with your job, or that situation with whatever your situations are, somehow the calamitous voice of the enemy has bent your ear 
and you're listening to that. And the Lord is saying emphatically, I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you, you don't realize this calamitous voice has done a number on you. and It's pulled the rug out from underneath you and it has stolen hope as it pertains to your future. And the Lord is saying, he's setting this thing again. He's recalibrating your spirit. I said earlier, the Lord's asking for something that's very precious to you. Very precious. It's trust. Hope. Verse 12 says, this is Jeremiah 29. 11, verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you in all these places. And so the, that's about Israel right there, but I didn't want to pull it off because the enemy's so tricky. He would come in and take a word and just, just, just bump it just enough to where it's not hitting direct, direct, directly where the, the target that this is meant to hit. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not calamity. We've been, you've been duped. We've been switched. There's been an erosion of hope in your life. And the Lord is coming back around full circle to say, I know the plans that I have for you. Let me just say, it's really hard to trust when we don't see any evidence of what he's promising. If anything, what he's asking us to do is to step against, step outside of our humanity, the way that we're naturally wired, and do something that's impossible to do. Because the way that we're wired, we are, we are wired for sight. That's the way we're wired. The, the phrase, I'll believe it when I see it. And Surpresa, when he was here, it's on our website. Oh no, you believe it, then you'll see it. Or, or did I say that right? Nailed it, thank you. So I understand, I understand the tension. I understand the dilemma. I understand this risk. This risk of trusting him. I'm telling you, you're on a collision course with faithfulness. You don't even have a clue. You're on a collision course with faithfulness. And when it hits you, it has the same effect it has on everyone. It undoes you. 
the goodness of the Lord in the land of my living. I've just come in contact with what I have read about, believed about for others, but now it's something that's completely different when it's you. So my word for you is be very encouraged. And me saying that, there's no hype in that at all. I'm speaking truth. You'd be very encouraged. You hold on. When it looks like he's passed you by, you hold on. He's the God of the second chances. It says in the book of Jonah, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You hold on. The God that we serve steps, he's outside of time. Somehow we, we, are, we are bound by time and we put a time limit on when things happen. I should be here by this date. I should be married by this date. This should have already happened. This word should have already happened. If you look at that, Abraham said the same thing. The Lord said, we're gonna have a child. And 25 years later, after biologically, there was no way either one of them could have a child. And it's like the Lord saying, seriously, you think I'm bound by your, I have no limits. What, what are you talking about? The unfair thing, I can say this very, the, unthing, the unfair thing about walking with God is he has this thing where he calls things into being that don't exist. It's like, hey, that's not even fair. You got to give me a heads up. I give you a heads up. The heads up is in my promise. That's your heads up. The promises are your heads up. I'm telling you, mark my words, you're on a collision course with his faithfulness. You are on a collision course. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, let's stand. Um, so I just want to confirm with what Jeff was saying this morning, um, because last night as I was seeking the Lord about today, he gave me um, that verse. Which verse? The same one that you read. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah. I think that's a coincidence. <laughs> just kidding. Just totally kidding. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it's just confirmation that he is leaning in. As you're reaching, he is leaning into you. And I want to go further and read something else. As you read, uh, when you seek him with all of your heart, he will be found by you. He is bringing you back and out of captivity. Mm. It goes on further down in uh, chapter 30. It says, I will surely save you out of a distant place. Mm. I am with you mm. and will save you, declares the Lord. Mm. 
I will restore you with health and heal your wounds. I will restore the fortunes of Jacob's tent. I will have compassion on the dwellings. The city will be rebuilt. Your city within you will be rebuilt Mm. from her ruins. This is a promise to you. Mm. No matter how low, how distraught, how discouraged you may feel, Mm. the Lord is coming to your rescue. Mm. He is breaking through Mm. for you. Mm. Don't give up hope. Mm. The Lord also gave me this next verse. And this I speak over you. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with his hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's good. So, um, so Lord, we, we just, we cooperate with you. With, we cooperate with the God of the impossible. I want to tell you that the things that uh, you're looking at in your life, which are impossible, um, there, he has a back door to eradicating those impossibilities. You're looking for your deliverance coming through the front door. I just, he's coming, he's, he's going through the back. That, what does that mean, Jeff? That means that uh, for some of you, healings are gonna happen. No one's gonna pray for you. Uh, breakthroughs are gonna happen. No one's gonna pray for you. Addictions are gonna snap. No one's gonna pray for you. It's like, whoa, what, 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 what is happening? He's coming in through that back door, the back door of your heart, the back door of your life. And so, Father, <clears throat> I just ask today, that you would align your children, align our hearts to receive your promises. The heads up, your heads up that he's gonna do this are found in his promises. And Lord, would you help us? Help us to receive. Help us to believe. It's like the man, I believe, help my unbelief. but we are so grateful for what you're doing in our midst. We say, bless you. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Father, Abba. Bless you so much. Bless you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you that when you look at us, you've taken into account our humanity. You remember that we're but dust, and yet you pour out all of your benefits Psalms 103 says, forget none of his benefits. He redeems your life from the pit. Some of you are coming out of your pit. Yeah, out of your pit. Pole vaulting out of your pit. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Crowns us with loving kindness so that our years, our life is renewed Thank you so much. We love you. Bless you. I don't even want to say amen. So I'm just going to say, I just, Lord, I just, I don't know how this works. Leave that open, that the open end of heaven 
to visit you all this week. The openness of heaven to visit you all this week. In Jesus' name.